global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks remain higher after the Federal Reserve held interest rates steady and signaled it will start unwinding its balance sheet, quote, relatively soon. S&P up two points to 24.79, up one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials up 97, up five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up seven again there of one-tenth of one percent. The 10-year up 14.30 seconds, yield 2.29 percent. Gold up 3.10 the ounce to 12.55, up three-tenths of one percent. And West Texas Intermediate Crude higher by 88 cents a barrel, 48.77 on WTI. That is a gain of 1.8 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. It is 1148 in the Bay Area and 248 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Donald Trump's assault on civil military norms is incredibly dangerous and irresponsible. By contrast, his inappropriately political speech to the Boy Scouts on Monday isn't really very dangerous at all. Nevertheless, it was yet another terrible violation of his responsibilities. Why? Because the President of the United States is both the head of government and the head of state. And this kind of appearance is a head of state moment, one in which it's his responsibility to speak for the whole nation. He did not do so. He spoke, as he always does, only for himself and those who support him. To speak this way in a head of state moment implies that those who do not support their president are not fully American. It's something none of his predecessors, Democrats or Republicans, ever did. Again, there are plenty of even worse things this president has done, but Trump does this consistently and blatantly. It's sad, and yes, I do consider it a violation of his oath of office. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more view, please go to BloombergView.com or view go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, also at 548 a.m., 848 a.m., and 1148 a.m. Wall Street time right here on Bloomberg Radio. Everybody might want to rule the world. Bitcoin, Ripple, and other currencies, uh, cryptocurrencies might want to rule the world. But in fact, the SEC rules the trading of all sorts of stuff and is weighing in now on the offering and sale of digital tokens, saying that they are now subject to the requirements of federal securities law. The CEO of Ripple joins us right now, Brad Gerlinghouse. Brad, uh, is this a surprise here? Corey, good to talk to you. Uh, I think this is absolutely no surprise at all. And I think for those that have been paying attention, you could have easily predicted this as uh, something that was coming. You know, we've had securities laws that have been developed for literally decades, 70 to 80 years, and this is consistent with how the law has worked that whole time. And it's there to protect consumers and investors, but it's also there to protect companies. And so I think this, the SEC's position means that if you've sold tokens to consumers, Based on just ideas or white papers, uh, these are going to be viewed and regulated as securities. And I actually think that's a good thing for the evolution of this market. Brad, can we take a step back? Because I've been kind of scratching my head a little bit about ICOs, the initial coin offerings. Basically, startups are raising money by selling their own virtual currencies. So what does this mean? I want to start a company and I go out and I, I, I I create a new currency. Is it the same like creating shares in a company? Like, what is it? Well, that's really what the SEC was, was, you know, calling out. And I think those that were issuing these initial coin offerings were uh, taking advantage of some grayness 
in the existing regulations and said, hey, they took the position these are not securities. And so they didn't have to follow that process. And, you know, what I think we heard from the SEC very clearly is if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, well, in fact, it is a duck. And it's not that surprising to me that the name ICO, initial coin offering, sounds an awful lot like IPO, initial public offering. It rhymes. So it definitely think, rhymes. It, it definitely sounds I think there's just like. one letter that's different. So, yeah, it's maybe not an accident. <laughs> and so I, I think that what you're seeing happen is the SEC saying, look, this doesn't this doesn't obviate 70 to 80 years of regulatory law. And, it, and we need to recognize that there's a reason those things exist. Now, look, can, can regulations be improved and changed? Of course. But we can't just act in the wild, wild west. And there's no doubt in my mind there already have been examples of frauds that have occurred. You know, $1.2 billion was raised through initial coin offerings in Q2 alone. There's no doubt that, you know, there were thefts, there were frauds, and, you know, the SEC is just giving fair warning. We are going to crack down on this, and we do view these as securities offerings. When there is no use case, when there's no utility of the token being offered, right. it's really just a security. It's a secure. I mean, this is this is the same old Wild West days when people just issue shares of stock for companies that don't exist. But long before they're even SPACs, just, hey, buy a piece of this. We'll do something with it later. I mean, this is why the SEC was invented. There's no question. And the thing I think some entrepreneurs that did ICOs lost sight of is the regulations are there not just to protect investors and consumers, but they're also there to protect the companies and, and the, the entrepreneurs. I will predict that there are going to be entrepreneurs who did ICOs who are going to be caught up in litigation for many years to come because of what they, because of the issuance that they did. I think it's going to be complicated them for a long time. So if you were an investor right now, would you participate in an ICO? Look, I think that digital assets at large, there are very real use cases and it is a very compelling market opportunity. I think some of the ICOs that you've seen done, it's not clear what the use case is. And it's sometimes it's just a, it's a white paper. It's a business idea, much the way traditionally you'd have a Series A venture capital backed financing. Right. And so I think that there, you know, most of those don't work as we, we know, you know, but, 70 but, to 90 percent. But that's right, a good, go but that's a good point. Is it any different than an angel investor ponying up some money and throwing some money at an idea and, and knowing full, you know, well that there's a good chance, you know, it doesn't pan out. And so there's, yes, except there's two caveats I would give to that. One is when you're an angel investor, in order to take that investment, you're filling out an accredited investor questionnaire and you're saying, I understand the risk and I'm willing to take that risk. And that, that actually helps the company know that they're not going to get sued later on because, hey, you knew going in what the risks were. The, the second thing is that, you know, you're not, it's not clear what you're actually buying when you get this token. Are you owning a percentage of the company? Are you owning just a token that has a representation of the company? And that's again back to that gray area. So it's a little bit different than just an angel investment that, you know, again, a traditionally defined angel investment, you would own shares of the company. You have an economic legal right to certain things. Uh, where with these tokens, there's a little, a little blurry. And for those that didn't have a real use case, I think, uh, it, it, the reason why the SEC got involved is it wasn't clear. I think the strong will survive, meaning the digital asset markets at large have a very compelling use cases to improve various parts of our economy and to accelerate the engine of commerce. But the calling of the herd actually will benefit the assets with real value, like 
Bitcoin, like XRP. And so I think, again, there's a very healthy thing for the evolution of the market. I mean, but a lot of the investors, I mean, you know, I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, we've got a lot of people getting involved in these, in these initial coin offerings who are just uh, subscribing to greater fool theory. I'm going to buy this thing because someone later is going to pay more for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't care if it's going to work. I just want to buy in something. There's, there's rap, uh, just raw speculation going on with these uh, initial coin offerings thus far. There's no question that's right, and I think that's why the SEC's guidance isn't a surprise. It it really is, you know, consistent with, you know, what we should have expected. And I think those that were diving into that, you know, they really were kind of in, they were entranced by just greed. And I think, you know, you see there's a, a famous Warren Buffett saying, you know, when, when everyone's greedy, be fearful. When everyone's fearful, be greedy. And I think this is an example when there's a lot of greed and uh, there's some actions that the SEC is obviously stepping in and saying, hey, wait a minute, this is how this is going to work. But again, I think in the long run, that's a healthy evolution for the market. And I think that uh, we, I want to see digital assets continue to evolve in a very healthy way. And so I think this, this is uh, important guidance. So says the CEO of Ripple, Brad Gerlinghouse, friend, another friend of the show. A brave Carol. new world, though, Corey. With these and he's coming to Bloomberg Television later today as well, so uh, okay. you want to stay tuned for that. But Brad Gerlinghouse, Brad, I always appreciate your time, Brad. Uh, good stuff. Look forward to seeing you in person a little bit today. Uh, you listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. And, and uh, yeah, Carol, we're going to keep covering this Bitcoin issue because it's really an evolving one, uh, as particularly when the regulatory matters raise their head.